This episode may contain explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's Parenting Podcast for Thursday, December 14th, the Little Night Owl edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who's 10 and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Zach Rosen. I host another podcast. It's called The Best Advice Show. And I'm dad to Noah, who's six, and Ami, who's three. We're in Detroit. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. And I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 11, Oliver, who's nine, and Teddy, who's seven. We live in Tokyo, Japan. Today on the show, we have a five-year-old who's having trouble falling asleep. His parents decided he could read in bed for as long as he wanted. Great, right? Well, now you won't give up the nightlight. We're also going to catch up on our weekend parenting. And then, if you're in the Slate Plus Club, we're going to share our favorite recipes to make with kids. Here's what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. Shira is the real baker in our family. And over the holidays, she made millionaire shortbread, which I also included a link to from preppykitchen.com. Wow, it's decadent. Um, oh, and, my incredible. God. so good. It's so good. This talk is, about talk about what it is. Zach. Oh no, just, Explain millionaire shortbread. Oh millionaire. Oh gosh. I when I saw Zach type this on the thing, I like yeah. now I need some. It is the it oh is my the God. best it's thing ever. It's rich caramel exactly. bars made with three layers of crispy and buttery shortbread, thick caramel and chocolate ganache sprinkled with sea salt flakes. It's uh it's very labor intensive, but like not so challenging. You just have to stick with it. By becoming a Slate Plus member, you'll enjoy a weekly bonus segment and all your beloved Slate podcasts without any advertisements. It's the ultimate way to enhance your listening experience while also providing vital support to the show. You can join Slate Plus today by visiting slate.com slash momanddadplus. All right, we're going to jump into triumphs and fails as soon as we get back from this short break. We're back. Zach, what have you been up to this week? What I haven't been up to is changing diapers. <laughs> because oh. we got a pooper. We got Yay! a toilet pooper in our house. Yay! His name is Ami Rosen, and he's three years old. And we are incredibly proud. But what's even sweeter is how proud of himself he is. Um <gasps> Last time we talked about potty training was when he had started this new daycare, which is great, but they're not licensed for diaper changing. And therefore, we were on the clock basically to to help him as quickly as he can start to go in the toilet, which we, we had kind of been half-assing it. And then once we kind of got the kick in the butt, those are like two butt puns in a row. Keep once it up. We fu- can you keep yeah. it up? Okay. And then... Uh, <laughs> We saw an opening to start training him, and so we decided to wipe away our <laughs> procrastination. That's four. Okay. That was amazing. Thank Everything you. about that was amazing. <laughs> uh, so w- we were trying to get him to go in the toilet. He has the little like um, potty seat that goes on top of the toilet, and it wasn't going very well. He didn't seem ready. I kept thinking back to our potty training expert who said, like, they're when they're ready, they'll tell you. Unfortunately, we, we didn't have the time to wait for that. And so I remember that when we were visiting our friends um, in another city months ago, this summer, Ami pooped in the mini toilet, like the, the separate toilet that you can buy yeah. um, that just goes on the floor. 
And I thought, oh, maybe that will make a difference because he had never done that before and he hadn't done it since, but he hadn't been exposed to the the little toilet because we didn't have one. And so this is during Thanksgiving week. I went out and bought, I took him to the store and we bought this this kid's toilet. And um, sure enough, that was a big X factor in getting him to start going. Of course, it didn't happen overnight, but like slowly but surely, um, I mean, he hasn't had an accident in his pants in the last couple of days. And what I found especially beneficial about this kid's toilet is that, you know, you it, it just it's like a little white bucket that you can just take out and then you go dump it in the toilet. He really likes doing that. He says, yeah. I want to take care of it. Um, and so he likes that process of putting something in there and then taking it out and dumping it in the toilet. And I think that was a great incentive in addition to the chocolate chips that we're still feeding him every time he pees or poops in the toilet. And like he's doing he's doing so great. And and just this past week, we started diaperless nights and he's woke, he's woken up dry every day oh and my gosh it's uh my little boy's becoming a man it's I it's amazing so i'm so much. i'm so proud of him yeah he's doing okay, great you know you can stick that potty in the car right we've done that places. too that's You've fun too that. yep and do uh-huh. you put the bag in it a grocery bag in it when you're out oh that's so smart Liz. oh that makes sense brilliant you just put over the just thing line it and with then a you little... just yeah. bag it amazing that's a great great idea I'm so excited for you because I feel like there are these moments in parenting where, you know, we're like sad that they're growing up, but there are these moments when you're like, thank goodness. And this, this is one of those. <laughs> it is. It's great. It's so, it's like a it's new so freedom. New freedom. Financially. But now, like, <laughs> financially, certainly. He hasn't, he, he isn't great yet at, um, like he's good at home and he's good at school. He's yeah, still totally. getting used to you know, figuring out how to tell us and where the <laughs> toilets are in, in public. And so he's had a couple of piece, pant peas um, when we've been out in public. But no, for the most part, he's, he's moving in the right direction. And I'm totally going to use so that, great. that plastic bag trick. That's great. Congrats, Zach. Thank you. What about you, Elizabeth? What's going on in Tokyo? Okay, well, I'm taking a success. So I've been talking about how Jeff's traveling more. And um, he's currently home, but he had gone on a trip. And I think when he's gone, like, I'm just a less fun parent. Like, he is the the fun parent, even, like, just in the mornings and getting stuff done. Like, when he's here, the kids, like, will play games and do things in the morning. I am, like, all business. All business. Like, yeah. we have to get out of the house. We're, like, on this schedule. There's so many jobs to do. They have to get uniforms on, all of this. So I was thinking when he's gone, like, okay, how can I make sure that we do some fun things to, you know, I love to do fun things. I felt like when we were homeschooling, we did all these fun things. So I um, decided that I would by myself take the kids to this place called Kidzania, which if you haven't heard of is like this little working town. It's not little. It's like a working town. And it's Whoa. also kind of like an amusement park. So you pay to go there and then they get jobs, like little jobs around this town like everything they can work as a pilot and there's like a big airplane and they're in a flight simulator like it's it's crazy so we had taken them when we were in london but they were very small and i had jeff with me and the one in london uh is like i mean it's not small either but small compared to the (laughs) this one in tokyo i had no idea the one in tokyo is also in japanese so we 
and in true Japanese form, like you have to arrive uh, like an hour before your time and you like wait in this line. So we get there. I didn't want to drive there, even though I am finally driving here. So we like took the train anyway. It was kind of not a mess to get there. The kids were really excited, but we're like waiting in this line. And I'm just all of a sudden thinking like, how am I going to manage three kids here? Like we have to like sign up for jobs and it's all in Japanese and it's a mess. And um, we got inside and guys, we had the absolute best day. Henry just like ran off, had a great time. I was a little worried he was too old for it, even though they set up to 15. I literally only saw him when he needed actual money for lunch. He just came back and found me. Oliver and Teddy just like went. I helped them sign up for the first couple jobs. You like sign up and you get a time slot and then you go do the job and you can sign up for other jobs. What and were they the jobs? Picked the sweetest things. Well, Oliver picked, um, he was a nurse in the baby nursery and they like teach you, they like teach you how to do the thing and you get a certificate. So he like learned how to change a diaper and how to bathe a baby using these baby dolls. Mm-hmm. He did elder care where he, um, there's like a elderly like dummy mannequin that they dress and then push around the town in a, um, uh, wheelchair and they put on macular degeneration glasses and they oh find their legs to see what it's like to hunch over. Henry, I don't know, worked like 15 jobs. He, you get paid too for these jobs and then you can go around the city and buy stuff. Like you can buy um, ice cream with money or you can buy like some rock climbing time and um, they had the best day. Wow. Teddy was a um, pilot. Then he was, there's a, like a security office where you go check on all the other buildings and make sure things are going fine. Um, they just had the best, there's a gas, he was a gas worker. There was a gas <laughs> leak. There's, and there are cars that drive around. The, the people drive like these big cars and you get in the gas car and the lights go on and you go to where the alarm is going off and you replace this gas pipe. Like it's crazy. And all of and this where is are in you? Japanese. I was on a bench, on a park bench, because the children did not need me. Uh, See, okay. Every once in a while, Great. they would come check in. I could, like, go. You can't go into the activities with them. That's the other thing. It's like, in London, oh, we wow. could go in. But here, they just are like, nope, the kids are good. Um, are there adults, like, at each of the stations? Yeah, and they're uh-huh. all in uniform, and they're teaching Adorable. the activity. I did wow. get to board the airplane that Teddy was flying, and actually Oliver signed up to be, to, like, um, serve the meals. And I got, the parents get issued a ticket if your child is working, and so I got to board the flight, and they asked me if I wanted, you know, fish or chicken, because you still get meals on flights here. And uh, <laughs> it was, like, <laughs> such a lovely time the the session is six hours i thought like we'll make four and then they'll want to go we were there the whole six hours there was no complaining the kids all like thanked me profusely on the way home for like having Uh a really nice day and uh henry even was like i know this must be a lot of work without dad here and i was like oh my gosh (laughs) we can go back anytime i can't believe i've never heard of this the pictures look so fun yeah this is amazing I'll have to. I'll send you a couple of the kids uh, to doing things because I mean Oliver pushing the wheelchair was like the highlight of my. <laughs> That's so day. sweet. <laughs> uh, I have none I of Henry, of course, because he like disappeared. <laughs> but he was. He was a well dentist. He would. They have these little cards that they get after. Uh, oh, and they get bank accounts, guys. And there's like you go to the bank and put your money in, and th- that it's it was, it was amazing. It looks wow. like they've got branches opening up in New York and Chicago. I'm oh. interested if they're similar because my experience 
in, and of course, London was, you know, the kids were little and so they needed so much more managing. But the one here, just like the kids learned and did so much, even though it was fully in Japanese. Jamila, how has your week been? Well, it's been fine, but um, I've had a few <sighs> unsuccessful. Okay, well, first of all, warning if you're listening with your kids right now, like, skip past this part. Okay. So I attempted a few times to have an honest conversation with Naima about Santa. <gasps> oh, yes. Because I'm like, we're in fifth grade. We're obsessed with makeup and skincare. We wear our bra, you know, like (laughs) it's time to move forward with our lives and leave Santa behind. And Naima just refuses. Like I've just given up because she's just like, no, because like I told her, I was like, well, you know, Naima, Santa's not real. And she's like, but you said he was real. When you told me that the tooth fairy wasn't real, you said Santa was real. I was like, I did say that, right? She said, and daddy said Santa's real. Mm. Then she says, why are you trying to ruin Christmas for me? That's Why? Why are you? Why am I? And I had to sit with that. Like, why am I trying to ruin Christmas for her? Like, what is the harm in letting her continue to go on another year? So even though I have told her, Flat out, that Santa is not real. She's rejected that. And so we are proceeding with Santa this year. We'll be leaving out cookies and I will be forced once again to purchase additional presents that are from Santa, handwritten in the same handwriting. You know, she even found a gift last year. Like she found a (laughs) Santa gift in my closet and told me about it. You know, she was like, I found one of the dolls that Santa gave me in your closet. And I reminded her of that. And she says, I thought you were just storing it for him. She doesn't want to let go. She doesn't want to let go. okay. I was going to say, why about labeling them Santa with a lot of help from mom? (laughs) Maybe. What provoked you to to start to to have this conversation? I just kind of thought she was at that age, you know? And I I thought she knew, you know what I mean? I thought like... Fourth, fifth grade is around the time where, like, deep in your heart, you know, Mm because I know, I knew, I think fourth grade was the last year that I dealt with Santa, and I remember knowing, but also knowing that I got gifts from mommy and gifts from Santa, so if I Mm. didn't believe in Santa, maybe I would get less gifts, so I held on, you know, and I don't know if that's what Naeem is doing or what. Oh, hi, Candy Girl, there's the cat. Um, Hey, Kitty. Does she still believe in the Tooth Fairy? No. What about e- the Easter Bunny? Is that a thing? That was never a thing, really. Okay. So, Interesting. I mean, Santa. Henry, he sort of like went through like all this questioning about Santa. And I was like, you know, answering his questions, like honestly, but with a lot of that, like, well, what do you think? What do you think? And of course, we have, you know, the younger siblings, which you also have, right? Because you have, yeah. her bro- I assume her brother still. He still um, believes, yeah. Believes. And Henry finally was just like, I I think he sort of gave it up, like in the same way that he was just like, I'm actually not interested in discovering the truth, you know, Um, and I just haven't brought it up again. But I mean, I haven't labeled gifts from Santa in in 
a few years. Like I, we just, a couple of them don't have tags. Like I don't say from anyone, like I'll say, oh, this is from grandma and grandpa. Like if someone else gave it, but if we got it, I just put their names on it. And I mean, they see the stack of box. Like I haven't hidden the gifts in the last couple of years. <laughs> just like, <sighs> I bet that, I bet she's thinking, or what do you think of, do you think that she's just like, give me one last hurrah like let me just have one one more year here and then maybe she'll reckon with it between you know december 26th of this year and and next december i think so because i can't imagine sixth grade middle school Mm -hmm. you know i mean and she's such a big girl already like she thinks of herself as so mature Mm -hmm. you know and she's so sophisticated that i really thought this was going to be easier but um Last night, we were. she was talking about, she was singing, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Is that a song? Is that a Christmas, an actual Christmas yeah. song? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I said, do you know what that song is about? And she was like, yeah. The kids saw his mom <laughs> kissing his dad. Oh, okay. Because that's what so it's she about. She got it, you're right. Yeah, uh-huh. she got it. And I said, right. And she says, do you kiss Santa Claus? Like the real Santa Claus? <laughs> she was like, probably not, because he's like a thousand years old. I was like, Naima, do you think Santa lives forever? And she was like, uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to take another quick break. See you back here for our listener question. We're back. Here's today's question. Dear mom and dad are fighting. I've been listening to the show since my son was a newborn. Thank you for the years of good advice. He's now five and a half, and I could use some help on the topic of sleep. From the get-go, we were lucky when it came to sleep. He slept through the night early, slept easily in new environments, and generally didn't need too much from us. But recently, he's developed a lot of sleep anxiety and cries as we put him to bed, saying that he doesn't want to go. He runs out of his room repeatedly or calls us and asks us if we can check on him in 10 minutes over and over again. When he's really upset, he will sit by our bed refusing to move long after we've gone to sleep. For a while, we thought we found a solution. We allowed him to bring as many books as he wanted into his bed, and as long as he stayed put, he could have reading time for as long as he wanted. He felt empowered and loved the arrangement, and it actually really accelerated his reading skills too, which felt like a win-win. Here's the problem. He will lie awake for hours with the light on, reading, sometimes close to 11 p.m. We thought that this might naturally sort itself out, meaning that eventually he would just get too tired and would not be able to keep himself awake after weeks of late nights. He's in kindergarten and our family still has to wake up early. Should we let him stay up if he's happy in bed and doesn't need anything from us? The late nights are starting to impact him day to day, And I worry that I'm not doing my job if I can't get him the sleep that he needs. I feel so anxious at night when I see how late it's getting, and I know he's still in there, awake. Any thoughts? Thanks. Little Night Owl. Okay, well, one, I think you've answered your own question. If the lack of sleep is starting to impact him, you have to change something. And it is your job as the parent to do something about it. So I love that you have a reader. I think this is great. And I think that you should use this as part of your your strategy to fix the problem. Um, we, I, I can relate to this so much because I still feel like getting 
the routine of getting everyone to sleep with all three is still kind of a mess. Like it's, it's happening, but it's just a mess and it changes how it's a mess as the kids yeah. <laughs> change ages. Right. But again, I like to root in the fact that like, I'm not great at getting myself to settle down. So, so like, what can I teach these kids to do better than I'm doing? And I think what you need is a better bedtime routine. And by that, I mean, whatever you decide to set out for this, I think clearly some self-reading time should be included, but then there has to be some kind of time that is consistent. You know, you're going to get into bed, you're going to read for 15 minutes or whatever that is. I set a timer, the timer goes off, the light goes out, podcast comes on, some kind of sleep music, uh, a if he likes stories, like a um, some sort of audiobook. Like there are so many choices for one of those. Um, you can also decide that you're going to sit in there and and read and then, you know, separate from him. This is quiet downtime. I'm going to read. When that timer goes off, now I'm turning off the light. I'm going to maybe leave the door open and do something right outside the, the, the room. Whatever you decide that routine is, everyone in the house needs to be on board and that's the routine. And if he gets up and needs something, you need to decide how you're going to deal with that. We used bedtime passes, which is basically you have two, you have two of these that you can get up if you need water, if you're scared, whatever. Uh, and after that, we are... Um, are they actual passes? Or just we like made actual passes. Using a pass. Physical passes. Do you want to use one of these? Of course you did. Uh, we, of course, made it elaborate. And if you woke up with two passes, there was some kind of reward. <laughs> if you woke up with one pass, there was some kind of reward. You don't have to do that. Huh. But. Uh, ah, after the passes are gone, firm, but kind. You know, hey, I need a snack. I'm so sorry. The kitchen is closed. I'm happy to bring you some small water and I can, you know, rub your back and lay back in bed. You may have to physically move them back to bed. That is something just, oh, I see you're up. Here's a hug. Back to bed. When they start to realize that the response is going to be back to bed, back to bed, <laughs> back to bed, they really do stop getting off. But this is going to be like... Two weeks of putting them back to bed. This is not like, you know, one night. Maybe some of you out there are lucky one night. For us, it is always like firm, back to bed. I don't know also who the default caregiver is in your house, but if you can have the non-default do it, I have found that goes a little bit faster um, as long as they are sticking to the script. It's sort of like if they're getting love and comfort that they need, right? Because when they come to tell you about whatever they need for bedtime, um, your child is like getting up saying they need these things. That to me screams like I'm having trouble falling asleep. So I think that is worth saying like, gosh, yes, it's really hard to fall asleep at night. Here are some tools I can teach you to do that. Um, but any parent can do that. And sometimes giving them the one that they kind of quote unquote least desire helps it go faster, right? If they really want to be with mom, sometimes having dad go in a few times or whoever the other caregiver is, right? Um, go in a few times just is slightly less satisfying to them, which has them get up less. But I think you got to get a routine and, and stick to it. Um, the five-year-old can't be dictating his own bedtime. What do you guys think? I think that's uh, pretty, pretty good, Elizabeth. Yeah, that is pretty, pretty. I pretty, mean, that, pretty the, good. the idea of the passes is, is really brilliant. Uh, that is something that we might have to try over here. Some parents I know actually just installed locks on their doors, on their kids' doors, and it has worked. It makes me slightly uncomfortable, but also like it, it has proven results. So 
I don't know if that's that's definitely a more kind of punitive approach, but I have heard of that working. And I also like was wondering about, and you you probably have, but have you just tried to talk about the your kid your kids' sleep anxiety? Have you, are they afraid of something in particular? Are they having nightmares? But you've probably you've probably discussed that with them. Zach, are your kids up? Are they up asking for stuff? My kids go to bed late. My kids go to bed at like nine, but they also sleep in, you know, usually till like seven thirty or so. Uh, and all, I mean, just just building on what you were saying, Liz, about about changing your routine, you might have to like move everything up by like a half hour. You might have to like yeah. start yeah. start like, you know, from like after school snack needs to come earlier, dinner needs to come a half hour earlier, and and see if that makes any difference. I do find though that like some kids like are just more night owlish than others some kids can't go to sleep at seven so um maybe just by like trying to incrementally move the goalpost like try to get them to bed like 10 minutes earlier you know um and then like change it every week till you're like up to like finally now they're getting to bed at a reasonable time like four weeks later that might help but um i feel so bad for for kids who can't fall asleep because i've just like wonder are they like not getting something that they need are we are we like i, I feel like sometimes like uh, like ami lately has been having a really hard time getting to sleep and we're, we're just falling asleep in his room with him which i know probably isn't going to be good in the long term but like for now that's what he needs um i wonder if you try like you know this week you'll fall asleep right next to them next week you'll sit up in bed like on the other end of the bed and just kind of establishing a little bit of a little bit more distance away from them each week then the third week you're sitting in the rocking chair and then maybe next month you're you're out of the room i'm i think i am not opposed to to falling asleep next to like having your kid fall asleep next to you it was something that i was like very worried about early on but all of my kids have gone through periods where that's what they need and like Henry now and Jamil, I actually think you have some kind of a similar um because Naima, right, is has like that. But Henry now is like, here's our test case. I don't know, but Henry is mm-hmm. eleven. Mm-hmm. He's totally fine. He goes to bed on his own. He like he'll come in and ask for a cuddle, but I feel like that's lovely. Oh. Um, And he still wants me to lay with him sometimes, especially if he's had like a hard day. Again, lovely. Um, But I do think that someone laying next to you getting calm is like something that can help you get calm. And I think that's okay Mm -hmm. if your kid needs that. I don't know why we have made it that this is like such a bad thing. I get it. It's really disruptive to your night, particularly when Jeff's gone. It's like, great, now I need to lay here for an hour. But I mean, we are still some nights. Teddy still definitely needs that. And I just, I think it's fine. I don't know. I just feel like, Zach, like you said, if the kids need it, they need it. They need it. Yeah, I agree. My first inclination was to say, move everything up earlier as well. Um, You might just need to start the bedtime ritual sooner. and I'm I, I'm not anti co sleeping, you know. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be, right? Like Naima still needs it sometimes, you know. We read a book or we'll watch a show together, and then she'll get into bed, and I'll curl up next to her, you know, and she'll fall asleep. 
I don't yeah. think, you know, there's anything wrong with doing that. I also find that the more pissed off I am, um, which happens, like the more anxious I am about getting them to sleep, the worse it goes. And they might be picking up on your anxiety around this. And so if there's just anything you can do to just relax um, and like know that like like you guys were just saying, like you might not have time to yourself tonight and that has to be okay, even though that's so fucking annoying because you want to go and just relax for like 15 freaking minutes. Um, but like you might not be able to, but if you kind of sacrifice that time right now and just try to really be with them, and I'm talking to myself right now, I suck at this, but if you can just really, you know, kind of like be a, a living meditation in in their space that might help them relax a little bit um a little bit more than than you know whatever energy you might be giving off now which could be you know subconscious anyways you can probably get away with scrolling during that time you know if you want to catch up on some emails read mm -hmm. some articles online you know while your child is trying to fall asleep you can do that without disrupting them too much just make sure the brightness is turned down on your phone yeah I think you can, when thinking about your routine, like figure out what you could do with that time. I know for us, like I like to read in the evening. And so by just giving myself that time as my reading time too. Um, so like we, I got little book lights. So we're, cause the kids are all sharing a room. Like we're all sitting in there reading and maybe I'm laying with one of the kids, but we all have our own little book lights, which really encourages them to turn off the light when they're ready cute and i can do my reading still right and then we the set a timer light. yeah and what i've been doing lately is i end the time with a um poem mm. i have this lovely book it's called a poem for every night of the year and uh just when the timer goes off i then read that poem to everyone mm. then i turn on the podcast and then once the podcast comes on i stay with teddy for th like three minutes into the podcast and then i will leave uh, and that has been working great. It's like he gets calm. He's had reading time. I've been reading. Uh, and then we all like then I leave the room, maybe one little back rub. And I that's working for us currently. Now, listen, <laughs> next week, that might not be working. Uh, but if you mm -hmm. can set up something like that, and I feel pretty good about it, because when I walk hmm. out of the room, I'm like, OK, well, now I've done my book reading for the night. Check. Um, you know, I've read this little poem. I feel like, oh, we did something as a family. And now they're off to dreamland listening to a podcast. I do want to say for your five-year-old, my um, mm -hmm. Teddy, who's a little bit older, but is really loving this podcast, Elmo's Good Night World, which is sort of Elmo meets light night meditation. Uh, and the other two kids don't mind it. Um, yes. And so that's something to try. There's a million great nighttime podcasts. If that's if, if you don't have something in there to play, you can look into, um, we have a Yodo audio player that we really love where you like stick the card in and they have some bedtime meditation ones. Um, anyway, there's, I feel like there's a million technology solutions. Yeah. You might also want to try some chamomile or sleepy time tea, mm -hmm. you know, and some parents swear by the melatonin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which I gave Naima. Um, I think we've only tried melatonin maybe once, but I know that there was some sort of homeopathic nighttime um, something. I used to give her little tablets and um, I'll look them up. 
and they worked. She actually asked me about that last night. She said, I think I need something to help me go to sleep. I'm having a hard time falling asleep. So could you give me some sleep gummies or something? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. I think um, like Epsom salt baths, like uh, sometimes some magnesium. And of course, that's something you can mention to a, a doctor or a your pediatrician or someone like that too if you're looking for some advice um but i know like tart cherry juice helps produce melatonin and and magnesium can help as well i've also wondered with the melatonin route like doing melatonin for a week and then switching over to a placebo gummy if you're worried about them getting dependent on it um if you that that might be a, a fun experiment all right, well, thanks for getting in touch, Little Night Owl. Anyone else, do you have advice for Little Night Owl? Send it in. Email us at momanddadisleep.com or ring us up at 646-357-9318. That's also where you can send us any questions of your own. And that's our show. Subscribe, leave a rating and review, and tell your friends. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Maura Curry and Rosemary Belson. Tasha Leonard is the voice of our listeners. Alicia Montgomery is the VP of Slate Audio. For Zach Rosen and Elizabeth Newcap, I'm Jamila Lemieux. Thanks for listening. <laughs>